Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Back in Wrestle Rant Radio for Thursday, March 3rd, 2022. Graham Jason Matthews here. As always, being joined by the one, the illustrious Mr. Marceau. Brother, how you doing and are you ready? Top question of them all. Are you ready for March Madness? Oh, I can't wait. I haven't seen a, probably maybe two college basketball games all year. I can't wait. You got your fantasy everything all set up? I don't even know what it's called. Bracket? I know I'm a bracket. You can see the kids trying to throw terms at me. No bracket <laughs> yet. Um... I gotta take a look. I mean, like I said, I've only seen like two college basketball games all year, so I'll have to do some research. But I, if I was a bad man, I'd put money on those uh, Duke Blue Devils. We spoke <laughs> the Blue Devils. We spoke about this briefly before we went live here, and I texted you about it yesterday. I know you don't have you don't have an active HBO Max subscription currently, do you? No, I'm getting boned by every other one that I. Have. I know there's like a million of them. I I don't currently have one of my own. My brother has one. I might use it. I haven't had to use it yet. Because like for Peacemaker with John Cena, that's on there. But I had the episode sent to me, so I didn't have to actually have one yet. Um, do you have any desire, whether I send them to you or not? I don't know if I could say that out loud because I'm not sure if I'm allowed to do that. Any desire to watch the new uh, Winning Time Lakers documentary? Because I watched the first episode and it's really good with John C. Riley. Yeah, it looks really good. I mean, I'm a big history guy, so uh, I think it's based it's based off uh, the winning season or something. I yeah, think. it's based off like a documentary kind of like. Obviously, it's not like a realistic documentary, but it's based off true events. So, yeah, I mean, I'm a big history buff, so I, I would love to watch that. I still got to catch up on the, uh, let me check my notes here, The Last Dance. <laughs> it was a, you loved The Last Dance, didn't you? So I watched the first episode, and they wanted to watch the rest. I just kind of lost track of time, and I didn't. But I'm going to go back and watch it probably this month. I don't know. I'm in a big basketball mood right now. I, I've probably been to two. Like, I, I've never been to an... NBA basketball game, but it was actually the Basketball Hall of Fame about a year and a half ago. I remember I sent you the clip of me uh, shooting hoops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure you sent me like picture of you shooting hoops and like you next to Shaquille O'Neal, like the cutout. <laughs> yeah, Shaquille and uh, there was the Yao uh, Ming, maybe. <laughs> who? Yao, Yao Ming, yeah, Yao Ming, and uh, there was a LeBron one there. Um, yeah, Kobe. There was a Kobe exhibit, which was great. I want to go back there. That's that's right near your neck of the woods. It's in Springfield. I mean, I won't say it's right near me. But no, not, I, not down the road, but it's in your state. I've only been there. I've actually only been there once, and the reason I was I went because we had a uh, our winter Red Sox event was at the casino right down the street, and we did like a cocktail hour thing at the baseball or basketball Hall of Fame. It's the first time I've ever been there. It's actually pretty cool. Listen, I think we got to schedule a day for us to go one of these days, and I can walk you through some of the exhibits. I, I may have a greater knowledge of basketball after having gone to that than you, so I think we may need to go together one of these days. Hey, we might need to go. And- Maybe we could, we could dunk, on, dunk on me, maybe make a poster out of it. <laughs> Amazing. I look forward to it. But in the meantime, today we're talking wrestling, hence the name of the show, Wrestle Rant Radio. Uh, lots to get to. I, I always think for the last couple of weeks, all right, it's going to die down after this. Because like two weeks ago, we had the rumors of Stone Cold Steve Austin coming back, which still could happen. No further update on that, really. 
Um, but we had that news break two weeks ago on Valentine's Day. The next day, Cody Rhodes left AEW, and we had a very long show that week discussing all of that. Last week, we had another long show talking all about Elimination Chamber and all the news and notes coming out of the WWE world. This week, it's all about AEW. We got uh, AEW's Revolution pay-per-view coming up on Sunday, which unfortunately, I will not be seeing you for, uh, just time permitting. Other schedule stuff came up, but I do look forward to seeing you soon nonetheless. We do have something tentatively scheduled in two weeks. Um, I won't be able to make it to Dynamite in Boston either. Unfortunately, we did go to one of the Mud Shows back in October, so I'm sure the next one... Whether it's in CT or Boston or whatever, we'll work something out. We are definitely going to be going to Providence for, I mean, that's right near you, but uh, for WrestleMania Backlash, I'm hoping to score tickets for that for all four of us, um, Alexis, myself. Backlash. WrestleMania Backlash. I look forward to that. My first Backlash, your second, after 13 years away, which is crazy to think about, from mini Marceau to present day. I look forward to that. Um, we will get to some WWE stuff here today. Obviously, we're recording this. Um, not obviously, but we are recording this before the whole Pat McAfee Vince thing. I don't know if I'll be able to watch it live, so I might have to, I might be watching with Alexis like later on today. So no spoilers depending on what happens, but speaking on that real quick, I wanted to get to that and one other note from last week. Um, like we say all the time, the news always breaks anytime after we speak. That's exactly what happened last week. That's what we'll do here today in breaking down two things that happened after we spoke last week before getting to Raw thoughts and some brief NXT thoughts, Dynamite thoughts, which I thought was a great show, Revolution predictions. Um, But the thing that I wanted to ask you, what was I going to ask you? Oh, so did you end up seeing at all the Pat McAfee-Brock Lesnar interview from the Pat McAfee show two weeks ago? I haven't seen any of it yet. I was going to watch it yesterday. I was at work, but I got sidetracked, but I want to. Yeah, it definitely should. It's it's about 45 minutes to 50 minutes. It's about 45 to 50 minutes uh, long, but it's very good. I mean, Brock is amazing. You're as big of a Cowboy Brock fan as I am, right? Oh, I fucking love Cowboy Brock. <laughs> and that's who he is in that interview, so definitely make time to check it out. Um, you know, I'll probably give my thoughts on the Pat McAfee-Vince interview um, on, on Twitter after I watch it a little bit later on today. But before we get to the thoughts or our thoughts on the rumors of Vince potentially wrestling at WrestleMania this year against Pat McAfee or maybe even Austin Theory, um, Austin Theory versus Pat, we'll get into all of that. Cesaro's departure from WWE as well. You can check out new episodes of the show every single Thursday on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, all that other great stuff. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show um, as we are on the road to WrestleMania. Like I said, an eventful episode every single week. You're not going to want to miss it, including for news and notes like this, like I just mentioned. Uh, Pat McAfee, Vince McMahon, rumored for WrestleMania. We won't spend a lot of time on this because by the time this goes up, we will have already found out from the Pat McAfee show whether it's actually happening or not. But when you read that, Mr. Marceau, what's the first, what's the first thing that's going through your mind? Do you think the match actually happens? And again, this might be null and void in a few hours if it is indeed announced on that show. But your thoughts on the whole situation? No, I mean, I when I first saw that or the rumor, the first thing I immediately thought of, I'm pretty sure I texted you and said it's probably going to be McAfee versus Austin Theory. I mean, the, how much Vince is doing work on Austin Theory, maybe... They, they do him and Vince, and then when they get down to closer to the show, maybe they do like a handicap match just to get theory in there. But I don't know. I just feel like it'd be a mistake. Not that it's a mistake. Cause I mean, I, I mean, I feel like it's a mistake just for Vince to get in the fucking ring. How old, like he's in his mid mid to late seventies. I mean, Jesus Christ, can't be taking bumps and stuff. So like, <laughs> how are you gonna work a match with Pat McAfee, who's obviously a lot younger, better shape? Like, it wouldn't make much sense for him, like Vince, to beat him around the beat him around the schoolyard. So. I think Theory will be involved in some aspect, which, I mean, I like that. I, I mean, Theory's 
one of their up and comers. So getting him on WrestleMania makes sense to me. Um, so I mean, I have no. That's the only thing I thought of right when I saw Vince gonna wrestle. I immediately thought there has to be some kind of Austin theory input because you're not gonna have Vince and Pat McAfee work a fucking ten minute match one on one. No, it would probably be even worse because this was twelve years ago. It would probably be even worse than that Bret Hart Vince match from uh, WrestleMania 26, which was an absolute fucking disaster. I mean, that was just terrible, and this would be way worse because the guy's 77 now. He was 65 at the time, I believe. Now he's 77 years old. Um, does this reek as of much desperation to you as it does to me as far as we need attractions for WrestleMania? We don't really have anyone else in the docket. Let's bring in myself. Like, the fact that he's calling upon seemingly himself to even be involved in an angle, whether he wrestles or not, dude, it could be end up being a handicap match for all we know or a tag team match or whatever. I mean, maybe it's... Maybe, honestly, I, I think this would be nostalgic for some. I think it'd be fucking dumb. And I don't think they're going in this direction. Could it end up being Vincent Theory versus Pat McAfee in a Stone Cold Steve Austin for those Attitude Era fans that love the whole Vincent Austin feud and want to see it one more time? I feel like putting all those guys in that one match would be an absolute disaster, but that's just me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's more of a, I don't know if I would say desperation. I think it's more of what happens when you have the two nights. I mean, I think if you had the one night and you have what you have now, I think it's I think you have a decent show. I mean... I don't think it has to be like the five-hour WrestleManias we get every year. I think if you just had the matches we have now and maybe a couple others, I think you could, it would be a great night of wrestling. But with the two nights and then you're taking some matches away, that, I mean, I think it's a little bit harder to book, especially with certain matches already being announced. And Sunday kind of seems like it's a little light with just only uh, what I've seen, at least Roman and Lesnar's the only thing I've seen for Sunday. And then you have Ronda and, and Charlotte on Saturday. Same with Becky with Becky and uh, Bianca, uh, yeah, Bianca, which I mean, I think those would be good. I haven't seen anything about AJ and, and Edge yet, but I mean, you'd seemingly need to have a big men's program on Saturday as well. So we'll see. So maybe they do, maybe they do Edge and AJ on Saturday, and then Vince and Pat McAfee's kind of like another match on Sunday you can promote. But I think that's the problem. I think it's the two nights they really don't have a ton. You can split over the both nights, so they kind of need a little bit more fluff because, as of now, it seems like they've put most of their bigger matches, at least the two women's titles, which have a lot of buzz. Those are both going to be on Saturday, so you need to spruce something up here. I agree to an extent. I do think that's a factor, but I also think it's just because, I mean, you look at years past, though, and I feel like they've always felt like they need a lot of attractions, which you do for WrestleMania. It's the biggest show of the year. I don't think they look at their own roster as attractions. I feel like if it was still one night, they still would have probably done this, I feel like, because they feel like they need big names for the show. If Cody wrestles, I don't know if they see him as a big name or if that's a big enough attraction. And arguably, he's probably not. He's not Stone Cold Steve Austin. Vince is a more known name than Cody Rhodes. That is a fact. Um, and I still think Cody wrestling against the Seth Rollins would be a great match. Not a main event, but it would be a top-tier match on the show, I would think, towards the upper echelon of the card. But, I mean, you look at past years, dude. I think you look at WrestleMania 35 and 34 and all these long-ass shows. Yeah, if you the card that we have now, if it was one night to you, it would be enough. To me, it would be enough because I think they're compelling enough matches. I don't think Vince or the company on the whole, specifically Vince, though, because he's the one who calls the shots, I don't think they see that as a compelling enough card. Last year was an exception. Last year, they really didn't have almost any part-timers on the show at all. Ronda wasn't there. Vince certainly wasn't wrestling. Brock wasn't there at that point. The only, I mean, Shane wrestled, which was stupid. 
Um, and then Edge wrestled in the main event. I wouldn't even call him a part-timer. He, he's almost on every show, so I wouldn't even really call him a part-timer. But that was really about it. They didn't really overly rely on part-timers in the main events or in really any other match on the card. This year, they're going back to the days of 35, 34, 33, when they would bring in Goldberg and Triple H and Batista and The Undertaker and John Cena. You don't have Taker anymore. He's done, hopefully. You don't have Cena this year. Triple H is probably done. Goldberg is seemingly done. So I think they're just kind of replacing those names with people like Vince and Stone Cold because they're running out of relics from the past. Uh, would you agree with that, or do you think that's not the problem? And it definitely is only the two-day thing. No, I think there is, like like you said, I think there is a limit as of right now with the star power, specifically on the men's side, which I agree with you. I think they're looking at it like Stone Cold hasn't been announced yet. I mean, seemingly it seems like it's in the it's in the process, but like he hasn't been announced yet. Besides that, it's, it's like Edge is a big name. I think him and AJ can kind of pick up for that, but then you also have Brock and, and Roman. But besides that, I mean, the Mysterios versus Logan Paul and, and The Miz, I think that's like... A decent little attraction, but that's not like marquee. I mean, Logan Paul's more popular than all three guys combined, but I mean, that's not like it's going to get a ton of viewers. And I think at the end of the day, it's they need to make more stars. And I mean, seemingly that's the problem they're kind of in. If you're you're pulling Vince out, I mean, Stone Cold and Mutt two against. I think if they do him and Owens, I think that'd be a nice like send off for him. Um, but, I mean, you need other big names. I mean, Drew seemingly, I mean, if we get him and Baron Corbin, I mean, Jesus Christ. That's a guy that you should be doing a lot more with. And then, besides that, even on the Raw side, it's like, what do you do with Seth? I mean, are they really going to go through with it? They're going to put him in a tag match with Owens? Are they going to do that? Like, I hope not. Like, it just seems like they haven't really had anything too built up that you would have to, like, put on the marquee. Like I said, I think AJ and, and Edge is there. But besides that, I mean... It's looking pretty thin right now, and I just don't really know what they do with a lot of people because it just doesn't seem like there's too many stars. The women, I mean, Charlotte and Ronda, how bad the build's been. I mean, I think it kind of sells itself, and and, and Becky and, and Bianca's going to be great, and then you also have a lot of women that are going to be left out, but those are two marquee women's matches there. The men, you got two okay matches, but you really need to fill out the rest of the card, and I feel like that's why Vince might be getting involved because they – Seemingly don't have anything else going on. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, too, is that I feel like even having released half of the roster in the last two years, you could still build up a compelling card of who you have if you actually put the effort into making some of these people matter. I mean, even some of the people that have left that you're like, all right, it makes sense for them to leave. They don't really matter anymore. But the thing is is that they could matter if they actually put in the effort to making these people a star. They can... I've said this time and time again. They're a company with the way that wrestling works... You really could make anyone a top-tier star. It's whether they're going to thrive at that level or not. Like, for example, I always go back to this, but they try their best to make Jinder Mahal a star. They pushed him, for the most part, properly. He had a very long reign. Um, you know, he was presented as a star. I mean, how many times did you and I go back and forth five years ago? Like, all right, he looks like a star. The entrance is great and all, but the matches are just awful. Like, he just was not befitting of a star in the ring. Uh, but they still presented him as a top-tier star. And they have a lot of people that aren't gender that are a lot better on the mic and in the ring that could be in that position and do a lot better, but they just choose not to for whatever reason. Um, because no one can be bigger than the company or whatever the reason might be. Um, so that's one thing. But since we last spoke, we've gotten a lot better of a picture, a much clearer picture of what we're going to be getting at WrestleMania. Some of these matches have not been officially outright announced yet. 
Some of them have, we just don't know what day they're going to be happening on. <clears throat> I do like the fact they're announcing what days each match is happening on. I mean, we talked about that a year or two ago, but they need to do that going forward. I mean, if you're going to be buying tickets to these shows, you kind of need to do that to kind of uh, give people an idea of what to expect. But um, yeah, so we have a better picture of what to expect. Last, I'm going to give you a couple of random ones uh, before we get anything substantial here in the Cesaro news. But they announced on SmackDown last week, and it was confirmed on Raw, that we're getting Sasha Banks and Naomi reuniting Team Bad, Sans Tamina, thank God, uh, for the WWE Women's Tag Team titles, challenging for those titles against Carmella and Queen Zelina, who people probably don't even remember won the damn things because they've barely been on the show and they won them three months ago or whatever. Um, they're going to be going for the championships at, uh, at WrestleMania. It's confirmed. So uh, I, I've already spoken enough about this and how fucking random it is. Uh, I'm glad Sasha's even on the show. I guess this is... We, we, we talked about it a few weeks ago when they're not doing Charlotte and Sasha. Uh, I mean, I guess Sasha being in this match is better than being in a battle royal. I don't know what that means for Rhea Ripley or Alexa Bliss, who I heard they have no plans for. But um, what are your thoughts on this whole thing with with Sasha and Naomi? I mean, with how hot Naomi's been for months now, why wouldn't you just blow it off at Mania with her and Sonya as opposed to Elimination Chamber? We're, we're a month away. It just seems very random to me. Yeah, I think it is very random. I mean, looking at it, like seemingly very random. But I don't. I, I I feel like every time I see her, I feel like the same way, and I always text you. Like, I feel like the company they understand how big of a star Sasha Banks is or can be, but the thing is, like, don't do anything with her. I just, <laughs> it's something like that. Like, she gets the big entrance and Cole fucking screams boss time every time. She's the blueprint. Like, she has like. Everything that they do, she's got all the nicknames, the whole shtick, fucking Snoop Dogg. But, like, and whenever it comes a nut cutting time, I just feel like they have no idea what to do with her, and she's kind of doing nothing. So, I mean, she is big with the fans. I think she should be a lot bigger than she even is. I think she's a, she can be, like, a super, superstar. I feel like she could be on, like, the Becky Charlotte level, but every time she seemingly gets there, they just pull the rug out under her. So, I mean, getting her on the show is a must. At least something... I mean, the tag title belts don't mean anything, but at least getting her on the show, like I said, Naomi's been hot, so, like, reuniting Team Bad, that's nice, get them both on the show, seemingly probably win the belts, that mean nothing, but you kind of have to get them on the show, like you said, Rhea, Liv, all those people on Raw, I mean, have fun in the uh, May Young fucking Battle Royal, because I honestly have no, uh, no idea what else you do with them. No clue. I mean, I had pitched the idea maybe a Rhea Ripley versus like, I, again, I know this seems random, but at least this would make more sense because they've all talked about it publicly, but like a Rhea Ripley and a Beth Phoenix. Beth was just on TV, so it's like you can kind of build off of that. You can build and create a storyline if you wanted to. They just choose not to. Um, I, I don't know. I would, I would do the Battle Royal to get Rhea Ripley at least on the show. For her to not even be on the show, it'll probably end up on the kickoff, let's be honest, but... If they don't even put her on the show a year removed from her winning the Raw Women's title in her debut match on the main roster against Asuka, who also isn't on the show currently, I mean, that's not too surprising. I mean, they've had years where, like, The Miz main evented WrestleMania, and then a year later he was on, like, the fucking pre-show. I mean, this has happened before, but I don't know. You would think Rhea Ripley's a bigger priority than that. So it is what it is. Um, so that was officially announced. Knoxville and Sami Zayn, not officially announced, but based on what we saw on SmackDown last week, it looks like they are indeed headed in that direction for the Intercontinental Championship, no less. Um, maybe, though. Maybe. Sami Zayn has a match on SmackDown against Ricochet for the Intercontinental Championship. My good laugh of the week, I get at least one good shuckle out of something I read online every week from, like, wrestling websites. Not saying it's not true, but the fact that it's even being considered legitimately is 
comical to me that Ricochet would be um, being pushed as a serious threat again. I know you responded, get the hood ready for when the guy inevitably leaves. I completely agree. We have spoken ad nauseum about Ricochet here on the show for years. Now how badly he's been booked. He means absolutely nothing. You know, I told, I think I told Alexis about that or about the fact they might be pushing him. And she's, I think even before that, she was like, I just don't care. I'm like, listen, I'm in the same boat. I think Ricochet is great. I enjoy the guy. They changed the music for literally no fucking reason. Um, And they've just been booking him like a loser. So I feel like it's almost too little too late to make this guy relevant again, whether he's IC champion or not. But it's kind of a twofold question. Your thoughts on Knoxville and Zayn, should it be for the championship? Does it get more eyes on the title? Or do they put the belt on Ricochet on SmackDown this week and have him defend it in another match at WrestleMania? Yeah, don't do Knoxville versus Zayn for the belt. I mean, (laughs) don't do the match. Realistically, don't book it. I literally could care less. No more people are going to watch the show because Knoxville's on the show. I don't understand the fascination with him. I I like the Jackass movies, but, I mean, I'm not watching it because of him. I don't think anyone's watching the show because of him. Honestly, I'm, I'm going to disagree and say there's a chance that he could bring in more I'm not saying a, a wealth of new people would watch WrestleMania, but I do think there has been appeal there because I know people that saw the new Jackass movie and know of his involvement with WWE because they saw Jackass, because they like Knoxville. So, because, I mean, I know a lot of people don't watch wrestling at all, but they know who Knoxville is, and it would look, but at least him being in wrestling just sounds ridiculous because he's done dumb shit before, so... Listen, I like Johnny Knoxville. I don't mind them doing the match. I would, I'm would. i okay more with this, I think, than the and the Logan Paul thing. Are you more in favor of the Logan Paul thing than Johnny Knoxville? Because I think based off what we spoke about last week, it sounds like you are. Oh, I would rather have Logan Paul face Roman Reigns for the title than have Johnny <laughs> Knoxville on the show in general. Do not say that. <laughs> Do Logan not say Paul that. Logan Paul at least is a fighter. He looks athletic. He's fucking... He's bigger than all the guys he's wrestling. He's popular. Johnny Knoxville is a fucking great eight goof. No one cares. Like I said, don't even book the match. I'd rather ricochet win the belt. I mean, realistically, if you want it, he probably would never be on TV. Allegedly, he's the number two babyface. Couldn't tell you that's true or not, but I think ricochet. Uh, you know what? If he wins the belt, I'll give him one more shot. I mean, realistically, he should have the hood ready anyways, but if they give him the belt, I'll give him another shot. But when he's never on TV... Eventually, I'll eat my hat and have an egg on my face, but I'll give him one more shot. But if he loses, just just quit the show and get a hood and go wrestle in the Indies for two years. I feel like we've given this whole "let's give him one more chance" thing. I feel like we've set, we we've done the same song and dance before over the last two or three years, and uh, hasn't exactly worked out too well. But I mean, right. I, gotta try again. <laughs> that's it. That should be the catchphrase of this company. Just give us one more shot. Until we fail again, and then just give us another shot. And because we're just dumb wrestling fans, that's what we're gonna do. That's our role in this whole thing. We'll just keep giving them hope until it actually happens. So, I get that. That's just the the life of a wrestling fan, I suppose. Edge and AJ Styles, my man. It's official for WrestleMania. I absolutely love the angle they did on Raw this week. I knew the match was coming. We spoke about it last week. Is it a lock for WrestleMania? Obviously, it was. People expecting Cody Rhodes are just fucking out of their mind. Oh, it's the main event segment. It has to be Cody. What? I mean, listen, I, I saw that on Twitter after the fact. I, I tend to stay off of Twitter during the actual shows. I feel like it's better for my mental health than to actually read this shit while I'm watching the show because some of the stuff I read online is just completely ridiculous with what people expect or hope to happen. And it's people like, oh, it, it, AJ would be a letdown. If, it, if it's not Cody Rhodes, it's a letdown. The fuck are you talking about? That doesn't even make any sense. Cody Rhodes being a mania should happen. I think he should face a Rollins. 
to give to have Cody Rhodes come in out of nowhere and give him the match that AJ has wanted and deserved this whole fucking time. And then what, what would you do with AJ Styles? Nothing. You don't have a good backup plan for AJ. What would he do? Nothing. So don't give me this shit. Oh, it should have been Cody. Give me a fucking break. I'm glad it was AJ Styles. Not only that, but they did a great execution. Again, I tweeted this on Tuesday. But for those complaining, oh, heel at Edge is kind of random. Is it random? Yeah, a little bit. But at the same time, Edge, I, I trust him to make the most of whatever the company gives him. The guy has one of the best promo skills in the entire company. The guy cuts some of the best promos in the entire company. Um, I'm sure he'll explain his actions next week. And not only that, the same people complaining, oh, it was random. And there is a way to explain it. It's not completely random. It's not something they shouldn't have done either. I'm actually kind of glad they went in that direction. Are the same people that would be saying, oh, it's boring. Because it's babyface versus babyface. Which can work. Unfortunately, in the modern era for WWE, babyface and babyface does not work. They do not know how to book a face versus face match. Sasha and Bianca was a great match at Mania. What I think a lot of people forget, the build of that match going into Mania last year fucking sucked. And I was not sold on them headlining going in because the build was so bad. I think they were just like, oh, I love you and you love me and I respect you. They just do that same dumb bullshit. This company doesn't know how to do that shit. Same thing with AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura about four or five years ago. The build was very underwhelming because it was face versus face. There was nothing substantial on the line. And I think this match kind of sells itself now that edges the heel. So I want to get your thoughts on the match and the angle they did on Monday because I thought it was fantastic. And they already sold me on the match more than it was previously prior to the segment. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, AJ and Edge, like I said, it's, I mean, it's now second tier in our Roman and uh, Brock is like the next, like, it's like the next biggest match. And I think AJ and Edge, it's, it's going to be a good match. I mean, they're both good in the ring. Like I said, Edge has been doing great promo work. I like the segment. Like I said, I just, I can't stand the concerto. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I get so that. I, I understand like, that, yeah. Every time I see it, I'm just like, Jesus Christ. But besides that, like I said, people, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, we're delusional and most people are fickle, so people complain about Edge going heel or the same people that complain that AJ's a babyface or Becky's been too champion too long or Roman's born or Brock needs to lose the cowboy hat. I mean, at the end of the day, people complain about anything, so I, I think this is a great match. Definitely second marquee now, and I mean, I don't know why you complain about it, but... That's what we get normally. Yeah, that's just wrestling fans in a nutshell. Shouldn't be surprised. But yeah, it automatically became one of my most anticipated matches of uh, WrestleMania weekend, regardless of what day it uh, it goes on. Night one is pretty stacked with the women, and then I, I, would you put this on night two and have the biggest men's matches on night two? That's the question here. And if they put it on night one, then what the fuck do they have planned for night two? So, I don't know. We'll no, see. No, I, I would do... I would do the women, AJ and Edge on night one. You throw Sasha on night two. I said she's still a big deal. I threw her a night two. She's a big deal. The match isn't, though. It doesn't matter. You still put her on night two. She'll sell a few tickets. You put her on night two. Vince on night two. <laughs> that sounds uh, like a disaster. <laughs> sounds amazing, honestly. Can't wait. Well, Cody, I would, I, I'm not even convinced they're going to have Cody wrestle at WrestleMania at this point. If he doesn't show up in the next week or two, they're probably just going to wait. I mean, that's even assuming he goes there. That's not confirmed yet, but I, I think all the writing is on the wall and he will go to WWE. I just feel like if you really want to sell tickets, Cody is not Steve Austin. And that's another thing. Would you Steve Austin on night two maybe too, right? Yeah, I would do Steve Austin night two. Yeah, there you go. So they perfect. There you go. It's Steve Austin, Vince, fucking Roman, Vince. Brock, Sasha, book it, baby. <laughs> Um, were you the one, I don't know if it was you, 
I don't think it was you. I heard I had heard someone say that Steve Austin, if he's coming back after 19 years, he should be the main event. I, I don't think that was you, but what are your no, thoughts on that? not me. I completely disagree with that because I feel like he's not. The thing is, is that his first match back, it, assuming that they, they have, he has more matches, which I don't think even if he does wrestle, he would. I think this would be a one and done. We don't even know that him and Owens is going to be good. And I don't even, I'm not even convinced it's going to be a competitive match. The guy hasn't wrestled in almost two decades, and he's 50-something years old. Why would he wrestle in the main event? That sounds like an absolute, the biggest risk of all time against a guy like, what, John Cena or Roman? Roman and Steve Austin at this point, unless Austin goes in there and blows us all away, sounds like it could be Goldberg and Roman from Elimination Chamber all over again, which was fine for that show, but that's not a WrestleMania main event as far as the execution of the actual match. Yeah, I wouldn't, I mean, I don't think it's going to be like this big, great fucking match, but... I think you can do Roman and or I'm oh, fucking. You said Roman, you dickhead. Uh, <laughs> Steve Austin and uh, Owens. I think I don't think it's gonna be like a big like even a Matt Classic. I don't even think it'll really be a match. I honestly think it could be a quick thing. Stunner, throw the beers. Everyone loves it. There you go. I mean, I think it'll be longer than fucking Rowan versus Rock at 32, but uh, yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I could see it being like under five minutes. Like I said, I don't see Austin working like a long match here, unfortunately. Especially when the feud is built around, let me check my notes, Kevin Owens hating Texas. Dude, he hates Texas. He wears the hat wrong. So fucking stupid. I like Kevin Owens, but Jesus Christ. that The feud is stupid, but I thought what he did on Monday was funny. I love that whole Alpha Academy shit they did on Monday. I thought that was hysterical. Uh, you would lo- I mean, I get it. I mean, uh- uh, Thank you. Yeah, yeah, the whole shoosh thing. Oh, my God. Rollins with a lap. I'm like, dude. Yeah, I know you're not a fan of it. I loved it, personally. I love Seth Rollins, but the fucking laugh, the character, it's just fucking terrible. <laughs> they, you know, God, it's so bad. Like you said, I, I don't mind, like, the, the thank you and the shoosh, but, like, they literally just kept doing it. I'm like, dude, this is brutal. We got a new United States champion, Finn Balor, beating uh, Damian Priest for the belt in a pretty good match, not level of their takeover match from a few years ago. But uh, I expect they did that on purpose because they're going to have a rematch at WrestleMania. And listen, I'm, I'm honestly fine with them doing it this way. Alexis was like, oh, why wouldn't you just save this for WrestleMania? I agree with that sometimes, but I think in this case, you really needed to build it up ahead of time. And, and Damian Priest needed something to happen in order to snap. They really shouldn't have had him get pinned prior to this point. It would have meant more when he got pinned by Balor. Um, but you know, he lost the championship. It was a good match. They can have a great match at Mania. Hopefully if they have an, they have enough time, that is, um, that's not a guarantee. I mean, a fucking Apollo Cruz and Biggie got five minutes last year for their Nigerian street fight or whatever it was. So I'm not convinced they're going to have this 20 minute Matt classic and Apollo Cruz went on to do nothing. And Biggie's probably going to do nothing at WrestleMania. So how much did that actually accomplish? But back to Balor and Priest, uh, I'm fine with this because Balor wins the title, gives Raw a big moment. Priest has a reason to snap. They did that great post-match angle. He was a great baby face, and he's better off as a face. He was boring as a heel in NXT. I know you weren't sold until after he turned. It's just that they the booking doomed him. I mean, what they were doing with the whole Priest and the Damien and the, oh, I'm going to snap, was just fucking dumb. So hopefully he'll do better as a heel going forward. They actually do something with him. I mean, they did something with him. He, he, he was one of the bigger stars in the, on the roster as far as how he was booked, but the character stuff was bad. The matches were great. The character stuff was bad. So I'm fine with what they did here. And I just said to you before we went live, 
I know I just saw it announced for MSG on Saturday, Balor and Priest the rematch, and I don't know why you would announce it in advance, because it's a house show, like, who cares? I feel like they announced it because they'll have Priest win the belt back, which is what they've done at MSG before with that very same title when AJ won it about five years ago, Andrade won it there at a house show five years ago. They'll do it again. Priest wins it back, and then Balor is in chase mode going into WrestleMania. So um, your thoughts on what we got on Monday and the trajectory of where the feud goes going into WrestleMania? I think it's, like you said, the match on Monday was good. I just, I can't with the Priest character. I, 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 he's fucking happy. He's not. He's Damien. He's Priest. He's Hannibal Lecter. I really don't know. I mean, they, they had a lot of good going with him, and then they did the stupid thing. I don't know. Like, he's, he was fine the way he was. I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't want to go on a huge rant here, but I just don't understand why they tr- like they didn't. He didn't even fixed. He was fine the way he was before. The whole Damien and he's fucking good, but he's mean and the priest is the bad and the whole nine yards. I mean, who could fucking care? I mean, this guy since they changed him from what he was before, he's just seemingly been worse and worse. And the fans just sit on their fucking hands when he comes out because they just don't care. Which yep. I don't blame. Them. I don't care. And I'm about to run out of breath, but, I mean, I like Priest. I think they were doing a lot of good work with him. Like, he was probably one of the most, like, successful call-ups they've had. They, he didn't, they really didn't do any wrong with him. And then once they changed the dumb character, it's just all seemingly gone downhill. And, I mean, I think he'll win the belt back, but if not, have fun on main event, guy, because I have no idea what the fuck they did with him. Yeah, I don't know. I hope he can recover. That's my that's my hope. I'm just not 100% sure that's what's going to happen. I mean, this is WWE we're talking about in an NXT call-up. It's hardly a um, you know, a guarantee. We'll see. It really is crazy how he went from like being on the rise and getting great reactions in his matches with Jeff Hardy and Sheamus and people like that to then getting just completely lukewarm reactions. I feel like the beginning of the end for him was when we went to Survivor Series and they did that dumb Nakamura match in the pre-show, which was fine. But they had him beat up Nakamura, and the people booed him out of the building because they like Nakamura. That made absolutely no sense. Zero sense. And they never did a follow-up, and why would they? Because they're on separate brands, so it served no purpose. And then he was back to being this babyface like the next night. Like, the booking has been bizarre. So I hope he can rebound. Hope is the key word there. We'll soon see. Um, I like that Balor's direction, at least, and Priest to an extent as well. It's, you know, it's better than doing nothing with either man going into WrestleMania, so at least it's something. Um, so I enjoyed that. One more note on Raw before we move forward here. Um, Tommaso Ciampa's new theme song. I'm not a fan, but I'm curious what your thoughts on it I mean, to me, I think I, I feel like you're going to say it's not a big deal, which is fine, but I'm curious what your thoughts were. Couldn't even, I just saw the backlash. I didn't even hear it, honestly. Oh, you weren't watching? Did you watch the show live or did you skip through it? I watched the show, but I think I, I, I must have. I heard it on NXT. I mean, I, it sounds similar enough. I mean, I really, I mean, I loved his old theme, so it's not like I'm like, oh, I didn't like his old theme, so I really don't care. I honestly loved his old theme, um, but I haven't listened to the other one enough to give you like a good breakdown of what I think about it. But I mean, it is what it is. I feel like whatever the comp- then they change like companies or change like music companies, so I feel like everyone's theme was going to change over because I think his other one was through CFO money, so. It was, but the thing is, is that there's still a lot of people that are using CFO money songs that aren't going to change their songs. I know he's not AJ Styles or Rollins. I mean, Rollins actually, I think, is a Def Rebel theme now, but I don't know. I just feel like it's one of those things. I mean, I guess that might be the reason. It's still a stupid reason. They can bring back. The thing is, you know they own the CFO music is the thing. They brought back Bobby Roode's glorious theme song on NXT this week, albeit for like 10 seconds. 
But it's not like they don't own it anymore. Like Johnny Gargano, same thing. You know they own the music. They just don't want to use it, which I think is incredibly dumb. When Jim Johnston left, did they stop using all of Jim Johnston's music? Absolutely not. So it's, it's just fucking ridiculous. I know that there was the same rumor at that point. Oh, are they going to get rid of all the Jim Johnston music? All right. Undertaker is going to be coming out to some generic-ass Def Rebel song. G- give me a fucking break. They don't have to do that. It's just the sake, the same thing with Damien Priest. It's changing things for the sake of changing things and fixing something that's not actually broken. That's just the mantra for WWE sometimes, but whatever. Uh, from NXT real quick. Uh, you mentioned Champa. I thought that was one of the best parts of the show. Champa and Breaker versus Dirty Dogs. Very good opening match. Very entertaining. The matching singlets. That sexy spear from Breaker. Oh, the execution was amazing. And then the main event I thought for the North American Championship was also great. Carmelo Hayes against um, Pete Dunne. Very good match. Got a lot of setup for Stand and Deliver. Set up for next week's Roadblock show, which is very random. The return of Roadblock after five or six years. We're getting it next week. Um, yeah, your thoughts on this whole thing and, uh, your thoughts in NXT in general and some of the highlights I just mentioned. Yeah, I think it was a good show. Like you said, I liked the, uh, the, uh, Breaker, Ciampa versus Dirty Dogs match. I thought that was good. The main event, like you said, with, uh, Hayes and, Hayes and, uh, Pete Dunn was great as well. I mean, we didn't even touch upon, uh, Gunta versus CeeLo Sequoia. No, nope, forgot about that as well, yeah. Great match. Um... I love Cora and Raquel, so that was good stuff. I mean, you know what I think about Wendy fucking Chew, but her and Dakota getting success. I mean, I like to see Dakota on the winning side. Love Dakota Kai, so good to see her finally on the TV show and actually winning. So, I mean, it wasn't like the greatest match of all time, but I mean. Certainly better than Lash Legends match. I'm trying to think what else. I mean, Lash Legend was on the show. She was amazing. Just kidding. She's (laughs) greener than a pepper tree, so needs a lot more work. I mean, your favorite Von Wagner was on the show. Was <laughs> it was great. a mix. I thought it was a good show overall, but like the bad was bad, but the good was very good. That's the thing. Correct. I feel like that's what the well, not that I would say unfortunate, but I feel like there is a lot of good, but there is a good, like you said, it's like a mixed bad. There's a lot of good, but the good stuff's good and the bad stuff's really bad. There really isn't like too much in the middle. I mean, there's like some stuff in the middle, but like I said, I think there's a lot of good and there's a lot of bad. Like the Jensen and Brooks with the Casey Kanzara. Oh my God, that was terrible. Does anyone give a two shits? I just, I mean, like I said, I think there was a lot of good on here. There's a lot of bad, but I I think we kind of highlighted the good. The the bad is bad, though. Like I said, that stuff sucks. Like Von Wagner's terrible. Uh, The Lash Legend thing was awful. I don't give a shit about Andre Chase, personally. Andre Chase is boring. I mean, we got Harlan on the show. I mean... I, I like Harlan. He's all right. I mean, he's all right. Like I said, he's all right. I, I feel like he needs a little bit more work. But yep. like I said, everything else I said I thought was pretty good. That other shit was just absolutely terrible. But like I said, we get really good stuff and you get really bad stuff. So that's what happens you have developmental, though, folks. You get some good stuff and you get some really bad stuff. <laughs> Don't know if it belongs in USA Network, but that is a developmental show. Um, the, the pure definition of a developmental show. Forgot to mention this, the LA Knight Grayson Waller promo, loved it. I mean, these people are eating up LA Knight right now as a babyface. The guy's killing it, and I think Waller's doing really well in his role as well. Um, I'm shocked they're doing the last man standing match next week. Now, I know they want ratings, and that's why they're doing the NXT title match triple threat next week. That's why they did Gunta versus uh, Solo Sequoia on the show as opposed to at Stand and Deliver. Um, I, I just don't know why you would blow all of this off next week unless LA Knight and Grayson Waller are going to be in the NXT North American title ladder match. I don't know what that card's going to look like for TakeOver. If they're not even, I don't think they're even calling a TakeOver, but 
I don't know, because I would have saved that for I would have saved this match for that show. A little weird how they're giving away all this stuff so early in advance. Like I don't know what you do with Gunta, unless Gunther is going for the NXT Championship over Mania Week, and everything's kind of in a state of flux right now. Yeah, I mean, seemingly. I mean, we'll see. I, I, I really don't know. I think, like you said, it's kind of, kind of random. But I guess we'll see what's going. But I mean, like I said, I think I like the, I really like the good stuff. The bad stuff. Oh my god, my fast forward button might be broken for the really bad stuff. <laughs> Like you said, that's a developmental show in a nutshell, so you hope that stuff improves, but like Von Wagner's been on the show for months, and he has not improved a lick, and putting him with Robert Stone, I said this in my review on the website, but putting Von Wagner, Andre Chase, and a guy like Robert Stone all in one segment must make it easier for you, right? I mean, to fast forward through one segment as opposed to three? It's it's easy. It's honestly it makes the show so it makes the show better to watch because you just rip through half of it. <laughs> exactly. This would have been an A plus show if you just ripped through all the bullshit and you know, I didn't have to be subjected to watching it. But you know when you watch the complete show, that's what you get, I guess. Um, you know it's been an eventful week when we're almost forty minutes in here to our conversation, almost an hour into the show in general, and we haven't even gotten to this, some of the news from last week. And I talked about the Pat McAfee Vince thing, but Cesaro gone from WWE. Um, news broke a few hours after we spoke last week. Um, you know, news broke on WWE, not WWE.com, but PW Insider broke the story. wasn't released, didn't quit, but uh, his contract was up, and he chose not to renew. Now. A lot like with Cody, and there's a chance he can go back to AEW, there's still a chance Cesaro re-signs with WWE. From what I'm reading, it doesn't sound likely. It just sounds like they gave him an offer and he didn't like it. I don't know. To me, I said, I don't know if it was to you, or I think it was on a hashtag like a week or two earlier. I literally said, like, the guy feels like a lifer. Like, he feels like a Dolph Ziggler to me where he knows what he's getting by staying there, and he's fine with that. Not that he doesn't think he could do well elsewhere, and I think he can, but he's been there for a decade. I feel like if he was really that creatively upset, he would have left a long time ago, but he didn't. But now he did. So I'm, I'm very surprised by that. Um, and he's indeed gone. So uh, yeah, that, that certainly surprised me. Is it a game changer? No. But I mean, we'll talk about the where they kind of went wrong with Cesaro. I feel like we have this conversation every few weeks with every time someone leaves or gets released. But um, that was certainly su- the surprising story to see Cesaro gone. And he's a guy that could show up at any point, at any time, in any wrestling promotion. He could be at Revolution on Sunday in the ladder match. And I'm just not too sure. I just don't know that's the best idea. Because we talk about all these people being brought in. This person's not a game changer, but there's a role for him. I'm fine with Keith Lee being brought in. Buddy Murphy is a role. Cool. Swerve, I love. What you do with him is paramount. I feel like with Cesaro, he'd get lost in the shuffle quicker than you can say fucking Claudio Castagnoli, you know? So I, I'm just not too sold on that. But your thoughts on the Cesaro situation? Yeah, I mean, I was surprised when I saw that thing like everyone. But, I mean, I think, he, like you said, I feel like he's a lifer at this point. Like, if he wasn't happy with the creative, I don't know why he'd keep coming back. Since, like, WrestleMania 30, he's done pretty much nothing. I mean, the bar stuff was great, but anything on his own has been pretty minimal since then. Um, but uh, maybe it was one of those things that, I mean, we know that, Zane just recently re-signed, Owens recently re-signed, AJ recently re-signed. I mean, they, they, they probably talked, they probably discussed what money they're getting. Maybe they just lowballed him. I mean, based on booking and on TV, I, I would see them probably giving him less money than they Owens and Dane and, and, and Styles because they've they're been featured more prominently. So maybe it was more of that because I kept seeing reports that he didn't, like, he didn't want to leave. So, I mean... 
maybe it was one of those things that he found out how much money he was going to get paid compared to everyone else, and it was just chump change, and that's what the disagreement was, because I kept seeing reports of saying that he didn't want to leave. Yeah, I was reading too. Wanted that to they, resign, I yeah. guess would be the right word. Yeah, I was thinking that he was gonna be sticking around and that he wanted to, and I think that's why I, I think they may offer him more money and he might come back. I'm not convinced of that. I just think it's a possibility. I wouldn't completely write out the, you know, potential of him coming back. You know, so yeah, it's it, it's interesting. They probably just lowballed him, and maybe he thought, listen, I had a good year last year. I won at WrestleMania. Why wouldn't you give me a better deal? And you know, it is what it is. So. I don't know. It's interesting. I feel like this would have been a bigger deal two years ago, and it's still a big deal, but I feel like if you let two years ago, dude, he would be TNT champion by now. You know, like Miro, like if Miro got fired now, I'd be like, they'd be, why even bother signing him? But they, AEW picked him up at the right time. Right now, their roster is so overbloated. I mean, do they bring him in and have him win the fucking Ring of Honor World title, their new little developmental territory? I mean, I'd rather see him in Impact or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I didn't even know this. I just checked a quick, a quick Google search. I mean, he's 41 years old, so I mean, it's not like he's a spring chicken here. So yeah. maybe he did leave a couple years ago, like we've always said. I mean, I think the real problem was, like, a lot of these guys were obviously signed, and there really wasn't any real alternative. I mean, I think AEW, if, if, if they had been there five years ago and he left, I mean, I feel like he could have been, like, one of their breakout stars just because I feel he fits their fans. Like, he is more of, like, a ring of honor, hard stop, hard strong style kind of new Japan-esque wrestler. So, like, um, if that was the case, I could see him. But now, I mean, he said, I mean, if you brought him in, I mean, that's nice, but it just muckies the water even more. Like you said, like, if you have him come in, then he, what's he going to win? And then what do you do with Keith Lee? And then Buddy Matthews. And then, I mean, I feel like seemingly you're going to bring in Keith Lee to push him, but then if you bring Cesaro in and then you have him win instead of Keith Lee, it's like, then what do you do with him? So I, I would rather see them put more slot Keith Lee, I think. I think he has a little bit more momentum obviously coming in and I mean I just I feel like they need to relax on the signings I feel like they're just getting way too bloated at this point yeah a lot of big announcements every week and this week was no different um we'll get into it right now as we get into our dynamite thoughts before we get into revolution predictions but the big talk what was the big announcement from Tony Khan what's it going to be is it a streaming service is it him buying Ring of Honor well it ended up being the latter he is indeed the new owner of Ring of Honor and the name on the contract does say Tony Khan, not Nick Khan. It is indeed Tony Khan. Shane was there. Uh, Shane was not there, rather. Tony uh, had uh, affirmed that to us, which is nice. But yeah, he is indeed the new owner of Ring of Honor. And it was a big announcement. I thought it was worthy of the hype. That's a, that's a pretty big deal. And considering that AEW is just one giant love letter to um, to AEW or to Ring of Honor, those original Ring of Honor years you talked about, Cesaro, and how he kind of screams ROH, he's a big... Tony Khan, there was a tweet surfacing from 2012 about him talking about Claudio Castagnoli and him just leaving Ring of Honor. So honestly, I wouldn't be surprised that they brought him in at some point, if not on Sunday. Um, yeah, so I'm just curious what your thoughts on the whole announcement were and what it really means for AEW. Like, it's a cool announcement on paper. What does this mean for Ring of Honor? They're, they're not really acquiring any talent. What are they acquiring exactly? They got the tape library. That's huge. They own all in now. That's awesome. It, it makes it that much appealing, more appealing for a streaming service to pick up AEW if they have more of a tape library. AEW's been around for three years. Cool. Ring of Honor's been around for two decades. That's much more appealing to an HBO Max, I would think, even though Ring of Honor's not WWE or WCW or whatever, than just AEW. So that's cool. Um, they get footage that they use for their AEW stars, and they have a lot of former Ring of Honor world champions in their company currently. And they could use, per Cassidy Haynes of BodySlam.net, he reported this last night, 
I guess the initial plan is that they could use Ring of Honor as a developmental-esque territory. And they have so many fucking people on their roster that I think that would be beneficial. I think you could see people like Tony Nese or Swerve is already scheduled for the Supercard of Honor show over Mania weekend. You know, people like that, more tag teams that we barely see on the show. I'm not talking about the fucking wingmen. I'm talking about people that should be on TV and are not. Someone like a Brian Cage, for example, or a Miro, or someone like that, Lance Archer. Those are all big guys, but you know what I mean. People like that, Tony Nese, uh, put him in Ring of Honor and, and see him do well. So, curious what your thoughts were in the whole Ring of Honor announcement from uh, Tony Khan last night, aside from the screaming, because obviously that was just completely ridiculous and unnecessary. I love the screaming. I love that. Honestly, I love the evolution of Tony Khan. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, from proper suit wearing Tony to Afro screaming weird Tony. So, I mean, I, like you said, I think the announcement alone, like that is a big announcement. That actually is a big announcement. And like the other 50 that he's had this year. So yep. definitely. I mean, I think, I think I see when I look at that, I just think of it more of just getting, like you said, the library and that would be more enticing to a streaming server just because, a Ring of Honor, someone that wants to watch Ring of Honor is someone that would basically watch AEW. It's kind of like the same kind of fan. So, I mean, I think that's more than anything. I mean, do I? Do they really need development? I mean, basically, Dark is their developmental, basically, I feel like. So, I mean, I guess you could do it, but I feel like you're just tying up more and more money. I mean, I think they should just, I would just use it for more, like I said, more of the library and I would just keep Dark kind of as, like, their developmental. I mean, they have two fucking shows that are, like, three hours long. I mean, how much more developmental do you really need? So <laughs> Yeah. I mean, unless they use Dark as, like, something to put, like, people that are on a TV off, but not that many people are watching Dark. So it just, I think it's more of a library thing. But, like I said, it, man, I really don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I would use the Dark shows for the lesser experienced people. I would use Ring of Honor for the more established people that just don't have anywhere to go. Like I said, Tony Nese doesn't need development. Like, I mean, I think he's perfectly yeah, but, fine. But at that point, why even have him on the roster then? No, that's a good point. He shouldn't be on the roster. But now that you have him and now that you have Ring of Honor, why not just use him in that buy role? buy another company just to put people that you sign that you don't put on your main team. Like, I just feel like at that point, it's not even worth it. It's like they're not developing them because they're already developed. It's That's just saying... You've signed way too many people, and now you just have these other people that you have. So, oh, I'm going to buy Ring of Honor and then put them on it just to put them somewhere. No, I I agree with that. I don't think he bought Ring of Honor for that purpose. I'm just saying that you can use it for that purpose. I think he bought it specifically for the tape library, and he's like, well, I have this. Might as well use it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I I, I would just keep dark. I mean, in elevation, I I don't think they really need a developmental. Just because if if they do that, then it's just like another thing like... That's more money they're spending, and like how much money they're really going to make off that, and yep, it's just stuff like that. I just feel like they should just keep the way it is, get the library because that's more attractive to, like you said, like an HBO Max. Like, hey, we have this big library that all our fans like, so they're most likely going to buy the HBO Max, and we have something that's more intriguing to maybe past fans that really like Ring of Honor or yeah. whatever. So, I think it's more for that, but. I mean, I'm interested to see what happens, but I, I would just keep like dark and elevation as like their like developmental at least. No, I would agree with that. And um, I mean, is it not ironic when you think about it? Because I was thinking about this last night. A guy like you go back to October, just to give a quick timeline recap. October 27th, when we were in Boston for Dynamite, that was when I read the news at McDonald's, no less, on my phone. That Ring of Honor was going under. Two weeks later, and that everyone that under you know contract there would be free agents by December, whatever. 
Two weeks later, Jay Lethal goes to AEW, and he says that I left Ring of Honor early. I got out of my deal early because I wanted to make a bigger splash of the free agents because if I waited till December, then there's a lot of free agents, and I might get lost in the shuffle. So I get out, he gets out of his contract early to go to AEW, has one TNT title match, loses, and that's essentially it. We do not see him. We've barely seen him on TV since then. Other people come in. Fucking Dan Housen, who also came from Ring of Honor and became a free agent in December, January, has gotten more television time than fucking Jay Lethal. I mean, this is, I mean, I love Danhausen, but it's just kind of comical when you think about it. Brody King, same thing. His contract came up in December, January. He immediately went to AEW and has been used better and has been on TV more than fucking Jay Lethal. And now life is a, a, essentially just time is a flat circle, as they say, because they buy Ring of Honor and Jay Lethal kind of just left there early for no reason when they're probably just going to put him back in Ring of Honor. If they use it as a developmental system, that is where Jay Lethal will end up. So essentially, no change. No change whatsoever. I mean, it's kind of comical when you think about it. I mean, hey, don't say that though. Don't be mean. Don't don't be criticizing anything. I mean, yeah, I just, I just, I mean, I, I mean, someone like Jay Lethal. I mean, I just, I don't know how you don't find more for that guy. I mean, he's been everywhere. He's wrestled everybody. I mean, unless he's doing more like a coaching or a backstage thing, I just real like, why bring him in at that point? That's the thing. I mean, I feel like. Yeah, he's been on Dark exclusively. He's done hardly anything on the televised shows. And the thing is, is that the only thing I can really think of as to why they're intentionally not using him is because I know there was some, um, like, allegations that came out about him during the Speaking Out stuff, and he was involved in some stuff in Ring of Honor that was actually never cleared up, I don't believe. There was still some stuff out there about him. Okay, and, and if that's true, I'm not saying it's not true, and if that's true, then why is he on the fucking roster? If, it's like the Velveteen Dream thing. If the allegations are out there and you're not going to clear it up, then why is he still there? And they eventually let him go. Either let Jay Lethal go or actually do something. There's, you can't, you got to sit on the pot and shit or whatever the fucking expression is. You know what I'm saying? It just, you can't have it both ways. You can't have him on the roster but not use him because people don't like him because there's this cloud of controversy around him. And I get that. Either clear the shit up and use him or don't clear it up and let him go. I mean, to not do your research ahead of time and not even know about that is... Bad business, in my opinion. I mean, they also hired fucking Don Callis with all those allegations from TNA, so... I, I agree, and then either... I mean, it, I don't even know if he's still in AEW officially. I don't know if he was ever under a con- talent contract or if he's coming back with Omega. If Omega's going face, I don't know why you would need Don Callis. Same thing. I mean, either use the guy and face the fans and be like, all right, listen, we don't care about the controversy. We're going to use him. At least that I understand, because at least he was on the show. Jay Lethal, they're not even using. So, if, I'm just saying, if that's the reason. I'm not saying I read any don't, report. If that's the reason, don't sign him. It just makes no sense. Exactly. <laughs> then just don't use, don't don't sign him. They, he's just occupying a spot that could either go to someone else, or you just didn't need another person to begin with. So, if he's that untouchable, because he's, he's that, like, toxic, like, oh, you know, there's a lot of, like, an Alberto Del Rio. The guy's, he's toxic 100%. Then don't sign him, which they didn't. Jay Lethal also, is a, if, you, if, if he's that toxic and you're that worried about why would you give him a TNT title match, make it seem like it was a big signing and they never use him. Yeah, I mean, there was just something, even if it was something they weren't aware of, then you just let him go right after. It's like the Brian Kendrick thing. It's either you face it and you bring him in and use him, or you don't use him and you face the music. And they didn't. So, like, why is Jay Lethal any different? Because he's a bigger name. You, you just want to have him for the sake of having him because you don't want him to go anywhere else. I don't know if WWE would touch him anyway at this point. It just seems very odd to me. Yeah, it seems weird. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. I, I mean, the fact you can't get on TV just bothers me, but I mean... Well, you got to have the Wardlow Squatch every week. And I love Wardlow, but they feature the same people every week on these shows. And the people they're featuring are great, but you have Rampage there as well. 
And he's, yeah, I mean, I feel I like know. lately we've got the overdose of like Wardlow. They, I like the acclaim, but I feel like we get them on every show we watch now. Um, besides, like I feel like they have like their main feuds, but then you also get like the underneath guys, the same people every single week. And I feel like he's done that. Like we used to get like the best friends and Orange Cassidy every week, and I feel like that's obviously slowed down a little bit. But like we used to get. Um, Jungle Boy, when he like they we used to get them every fucking show. They're champions. You can't even find them. They're in the fucking <laughs> stairwell with the Hardy family office. They're in the parking lot. I mean, yeah, they were all over the show. And then once they won the belts, when which we said at the time, they were literally the least over they've ever been when they won those belts. And they've seemingly, I couldn't tell you last time I saw them wrestle because I don't watch Rampage. So mm-hmm. I mean, I I just I don't know. I, I feel like he does have his little, like, quirks with the same people that, like, he wants to push the acclaim, which I like the acclaim, but, I mean, I don't need them on every single show that I watch, I mean. When the tag team champions are barely featured. Exactly, exactly. It's stuff like that. It's like, we get Wardlow every week, which is great, but, like, where's Will Hobbs? Where's fucking Keith Lee's in another backstage segment? Like, why can't we get a Keith another Keith Lee squash? Why can't we get, why can't we have Powerhouse Hobbs on Dynamite pumping up how great he is? So, like, at least I think he has a fucking glimmer of hope to win the fucking ladder match like why can't we get him and starks on tv beating the shit out of jack evans and helico or whoever the fuck some underneath tag team that they're not using like so hey like hey these guys might have a chance at this point it's ward lower bust i feel like because no one else is even pumped up to even sniff those guys so yeah and we're scorpio sky we were getting him dan larver and another page every fucking week i haven't seen them since cody and brandy left well, Ethan Page will be on Rampage this week, facing Christian I mean, Cage, for anyone that cares. I mean, I don't watch the program, but, I mean, I guess. Ethan Page, Christian Cage, Rampage, who gives a fucking, I, I don't know, turn the page, because I'm ready for the next chapter here, I don't know. Um, <laughs> very weird, very weird. Um, I, don't know, I still enjoy, I thought Dynamite this week was great, they did a great job of building up the pay-per-view, but it's not without its flaws, and... Uh, I know the Ring of Honor stuff poses some questions going forward, so it is a very big positive, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it. Um, yeah, there's no negative in this. No, I don't think there's a negative. I, you know, some people saying, "Oh, what's the point?" Listen, Ring of Honor is. I mean, as people, as other people have said, it's never really meant less as far as like the buzz around it, because it doesn't technically exist currently. But I think they can use it. Come six months, if Ring of Honor is just sitting there and they're just using the library and they're not running any shows with Ring of Honor and they're not really doing anything and they only just purchase... Like, listen, if they were just going after the library, then he should have said that. But he didn't say that. He said he was the owner of Ring of Honor. Okay, so if we're going to keep it alive, then you got to continue running some shows at least once in a while. I'm not saying put it the TV show on TBS, which would be cool, or on HBO Max, as a regular TV show as what Ring of Honor was before... I would love that, but I don't know if that's what they're going for. So we'll see. I don't know. We don't really know everything as of right now, but time will tell. But like you said, there's really no negative in it, I, I don't think. Close out the show here. Revolution predictions for Sunday, March 6th. Like I said earlier, we'll not be able to see you live for this, Mr. Marceau. Unfortunately, we did we did catch um, full gear together, though, and I'm hoping that we can watch Double or Nothing in the Marceau compound in May. But in the meantime, though, um, I'm looking forward to Revolution on Sunday. Stack show, stack show. When you talk about WWE like loading up their lineups, oh, there's too many matches. Uh, looking at Wikipedia, they have 11 matches scheduled for Sunday. Two on the pre-show, on the buy-in, as they call it. Nine on the main show. The problem is that I don't see any of these matches going under 10 minutes. I mean, they have a ladder match. They have a lot of big marquee matches. They have a dog collar match. I feel like this is gonna. It's gonna be a four-hour show. I mean, I think that's what they announced it as. That's what Full Gear was. 
whatever. Um, at least if it's a good show, Full Gear was fantastic. So listen, if it's as great of a show as that was, then I'm okay with it. So we'll get into it here, uh, starting with the buy-in matches. Hook, we're going to send them, taking on QT Marshall. Um, if you'd been building up on you know Rampage for a little while now. Um, Hook wins, obviously, right? I mean, there's no uh, no debate about this. Yeah, I mean, that's that's just an easy one. Hook wins, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, listen, the kid's over. I'm not. I'm not. I don't didn't buy a Hook shirt or anything, but I think you know they're capitalizing on how over he is and putting him on the pay per view was smart. I think it was very smart to put him on the buy in. So good call by them. Chris Statlander versus legit Layla Hirsch. Um, I, I like the fact they've at least given them vignettes on the show. It's not ha- it's definitely not been the hottest women's feud at all because they're so inconsistently featured on on Dynamite. I don't know where the fuck Chris Statlander's been for the last month. Um, they're going to try to heat this up again going into Sunday. Statlander won the first match on Rampage on Christmas. I think Hirsch takes this one. Yeah, I mean, I think they're building up Hirsch as a heel. I mean, I, realistically, I haven't seen both women in a, in a while, but I know they had that little terrible backstage segment on Dynamite. Yes, I, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're going to go heel Hirsch, you kind of got to keep pushing her. I mean, I don't know where you're pushing her. Both champions are heels, so uh, see how far that goes, but I, I think you push heel heel Hirsch over over Stalin. I think she, they're both fine. I mean, not a big fan of Statlander, but I think you push her Hirsch here and see see where you go from there. Yeah, she's the fresher face. I think she has more upside at this point. I would have Hirsch win. Um, especially if you want to get, her, especially if you want to get her over as a heel, Jade Cargill, Ty Conti for the AEW TBS Championship announced last week, kind of coming together at the last minute, but it's it's an open challenge until Ty Conti accepted it. So I can see why it wouldn't have this grand build. I'm okay with that. Ty Conti is one of the bigger names that Jade has beaten yet or faced yet. I mean, she will beat her. Um, she already beat Ruby Soho and Thunder Rosa, so it's Ooh. not like she's. What'd you say? Ooh. Thunder Rosen, uh, oh, Ruby Soho, yeah, the uh, the woman from Dark. Dude. She's completely disappeared <laughs> off the face of the earth. Ramp, but God almighty, people saying WWE doesn't do anything with people? Christ almighty. <laughs> Ruby Soho, poor, poor thing. I, I, I mean, I was told she was the greatest thing. She was going to light up the women's division. I haven't seen her in months. Haven't seen her in a while, so, I mean, I, I think she should have been the inaugural champion personally, but at least they're putting the effort into Jade and getting her over, and she's a star at least, so. I like Ty Conti, but I think it's going to be the same story as Full Gear where she comes up short. So I'm curious to see how good of a match this is going to be. But I think Jade Cargill goes over here. Yeah, I think Jane's going to win here. Um, I said this to you last night. I feel like she, I mean, her in-ring ability needs obviously improvement, but her actual presentation, her look, I mean, she has the capability of being a big star. Um, Ty, love her to death. Besides her relationship, that's another topic for another day. <laughs> um, but, uh, I just hope it's not she's not hitting every move under the sun like she did at full gear and still losing. Cause at I that agree. Because at that point, we say it all the time, she would just then be a loser. Then if you can't if you hit every big move in your arsenal and you still can't win, you're just a fucking loser at the end of the day. So I like Ty. Don't think it's going to be her. Jade wins. LOL. Yeah, I I, I just don't see it being much more than that. So hopefully it's a good match and, and Jade will win clean. But yeah, I don't need to see every finisher being hit under the sun like when the bunny almost beat her three times last week. Okay, I, I, this is the near falls were suspenseful, but you don't need to hit every move under the sun. Uh, but it is what it is. We're getting the triple threat for the AEW TNT title on Rampage on Friday, but we're getting the six-man Tornado tag team match on Sunday. Weird. AHFO, uh, Andrade, uh, El Idolo, Isaiah Cassidy, and Matt Hardy. 
taking on the trio of Sammy Guevara, the TNT champion, Darby Allen, and Sting. Um, I think this should be a good match. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It definitely is undercard fodder, and I don't know why they wouldn't have done the triple threat on Sunday unless they thought, oh, we have you know two triple threats. That's that's too much, I guess. Um, so I guess I kind of get it from that standpoint. A blind Stevie Wonder in his mother's basement could see that we're headed towards a Hardy Boys reunion um, very, very soon. This is clearly leading to Matt Hardy being ousted from his own group. He could very well even get pinned in this match. This is a clear-cut win for the babyfaces, as it should be, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think this is being on the show is more to do with Darby and Sting, honestly. I think they want to get them on the show. I mean, I can only imagine how much money Sting's making. Um, so, I mean, you kind of got to get him on the show. I mean, Darby's a big deal. I feel like he's kind of been, oh, I wouldn't say floundering, but he hasn't really done anything sexy lately. So, you got to get him on the show. They said that they're paying Sting, so you got to get him on the show as well. I mean, realistically, I'd rather just do the triple threat on the pay-per-view. They're not doing that. But like you said, I feel like it's kind of all roads are leading to the Hardy, fa- Hardy reunion. I mean, whatever. Um, so, uh, I can see them. I was thinking <laughs> But I feel like the baby faces were one there. Another thing, too, is that they haven't had Sting wrestle on pay-per-view since Double or Nothing. He wasn't in action at All Out or Full Gear, so maybe they feel like they're due, which, I mean, I, I wouldn't do it unless it makes sense. And this makes sense, but it feels like a TV match to me. But maybe it ends up being fun. Who knows? Uh, speaking of triple threats, Jurassic Express versus Red Dragon versus, now we know, the Young Bucks for the AEW World Tag Team Titles. I feel like Red Dragon and the Bucks will cancel out and Jurassic Express retain. They've only been champions for two months. But going off what I texted you last night and what we just talked about earlier, they feel kind of cold right now. They really haven't done a whole lot. It's not like they're, I mean, they're getting promo time with the vignettes and shit, but I don't know. I just feel like we don't really see enough of them on Dynamite itself. They'll come out on the stage and shit, and that's about it. Christian Cage feels completely wasted in his current fucking role. I thought he would have turned heel by now. This is just ridiculous. If he, ha- if, he- if he works harder than anyone else, then put him in the fucking ring. I mean, unless the guy has a massive injury that he can't wrestle right now, then I don't know why they're not using him more beyond Rampage on Friday. Um, but anyway, I-, I think they're going to cancel each other out in Jurassic Express routine. Ideally, I would put the belts on Red Dragon. The Bucks have already been champions before. Red Dragon are just coming in. They're the hot new team. They can feed the Bucks over the belts, beat Jurassic Express on TV, give them a run for their money. Um, I like that idea, but I think my actual pick is Jurassic Express. Yeah, I think I, I agree. I think I think you have Jurassic Express win here. Like I said, they were on TV so much before they won the belts, and they had a few times that we were like, "Oh, maybe this is the time they put the belts on." And they never did it, and then that one time we were like, "Oh, you know, they could win," but I mean, eh, doesn't seem like it's necessary. They won the belts, and seeing when they've done nothing, they haven't really done anything. I mean, they they beat the undefeated Gun Club, who are like seventy five and zero. <laughs> um, unfortunately, missed that one. Unfortunately, so sorry, I missed that one, fellas. But uh, they're barely on TV, like you said. They're getting thrown into snow piles, beat up in the stairwell. Christian's just there for the ride. I mean, he's probably getting paid handsomely, but he's there for the ride. Um, I would have him win here, feature them on TV a little bit more. I mean, Jesus Christ! Like I said, I couldn't tell you the last time I saw him on Dynamite actually wrestling. I mean, I think last week they came out the beginning of the show and just stood on the stage but i mean come on put him you, you, i keep getting told jungle boys is a big breakout star but he can't even touch the touch the main show so now that they're they're champions i, I figured they get booked more maybe it's ass backwards but uh I, I i would try to get them on show if they if they retain uh 
on Sunday. Yeah, I would hope they push them and feature them a little bit more. I mean, the top tag team story is the Bucks versus Red Dragon. So if that's going to be your top tag team story, then put the belts involved. I mean, they don't have to be involved, but if you're not going to feature Jurassic Express at all, then just put the belts in the other feud. So whatever. Uh, but I think they're going to retain here. John Moxley, Brian Danielson, first time one-on-one in AEW, first one-on-one match in, in several years since their days in WWE. I'm looking forward to this. I honestly don't know who's going to win because Moxley kind of said, you know, if we can have our match, maybe I'll join you. Danielson already lost twice, or I guess just once, to uh, Adam Page. The first one was a draw. Moxley has not lost in a long time. He has not lost since he came back, and even before that, he was kind of winning for quite a while. I think Moxley wins here, and the fight that Brian gives him is enough to win him over, and they start their own faction. So that's what I'm expecting. Uh, yes. So I have Moxley. I'm fine with either guy winning, and I'm, I'm thinking this is going to be a good match, and I'm liking the story they're telling here because I'm curious to see where it goes. But I think Moxley wins. Yeah, I think this is going to be a good match, like you said. I mean, hopefully Brian's leading the thing. It'll be a great match, so I'm not worried about that. But uh, yeah, I feel like Brian should win here. I just feel like he's a bigger star, bigger name. You need to keep him going. I'm not a huge fan of this faction that you keep that you brought up. I mean, we have so many fucking factions. Why do we need another one? I feel like Brian's great in his own. What are you going to do with him and fucking Moxley? Go after the tag belts? They have 75,000 teams. I mean, I think that'd be pretty cool if they did them and Darby, but... Darby and Sting maybe down the line, but it still seems completely random. So, all right, up Brian win here. I'm kind of on the factions. We already have a thousand. I agree. I, I would just have Brian win. I'm fine with either person winning, and uh, I mean, if the faction is done right, then maybe. But um, I mean, we already have a ton of factions, so I'm not like I said overly thrilled about it. But we'll see where it goes. Speaking of factions, Inner Circle's got to be done after Sunday. I mean, they did the whole tease with Jericho and Santana Ortiz. Oh, the fist bump, were you on the same page? And they said, yeah, that's got to be a swerve. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping Santana Ortiz come back out on Sunday, cost Jericho the win. Jericho's got to be the heel. Eddie, Eddie Kingston is beloved. It's not like they're turning Kingston heel and, and reforming. I mean, listen, I would do, an, if you want to talk about factions, I, I guess it's kind of trading one for another, but I would put Santana Ortiz with Eddie Kingston and maybe throw in Diamante or something because they all had history from LAX and Impact anyway. So fuck it, just do it in AEW because it worked for them then. I mean, they were far more, they're popular, but I, I feel like they were far more successful in Impact where they were like five-time tag team champions than they are in AEW. But either way, Eddie Kingston's got to win here. I, I could see them doing this shit where Jericho wins, he cheats to win, which fine, I guess, and I guess that turns him heel. But I just feel like they could do this shit where like, oh, Jericho wins, but Kingston looks good in defeat. So he's he's okay. No, you know what? Fuck that. Kingston's got to win. The guy lost a punk at Fall Gear. He lost it. He lost the last pay-per-view uh, before that at All Out to Miro. He failed to become TNT champion. He lost a double or nothing alongside Moxley to the Young Bucks. He wasn't even on Revolution last year. He lost a full gear, the pay-per-view before that to Moxley. The guy has never really won on pay-per-view. He lost it All Out as well in that Battle Royal, I think, in 2020. He's never really won on pay-per-view. Give the guy a fucking win, please. Let him win the big one, quote-unquote, and let him beat Jericho. And then when Jericho goes to shake his hand and say, listen, you're the better man, Kingston ditches the handshake and says, you know what, fuck you, I don't need you. That's what I want to say. So that's what I'm hoping for. I could see Jericho winning. Maybe they get cute with it and turn him heel. I'd rather just Kingston win because he really desperately needs a victory. Jericho definitely does not. Yeah, I, I mean, Eddie Kingston needs the win here. Like you said, Jericho cheating the win. Get the fuck out of here. Eddie Kingston has so much momentum, um, especially with the fans. I mean, having him lose here would be a huge mistake. I mean, Jericho, like you said, the inner circle needs to end. At this point, does anyone even care? Probably not. But, I mean, I, I would have them break up, move on. 
I would definitely have Kingston win here. And then, yeah, I mean, I, Jericho at this point is just kind of, I'm just over him. So I, I would have, I would have them, him lose it. Kingston here, don't do any stupid shenanigans. Like I said, even, if he, I don't mind if he blows him off after the match, but Jericho can't win here. No, he can't. They have to just move on from this and, uh, you know, Jericho even won in the last two pay-per-views. He unnecessarily beat MJF at All Out. And then he also, actually three pay-per-views. Um, you know, Inner Circle won a double or nothing last year. He won it All Out against MJF. And he beat American Top Team at full gear. He is fine. I mean, he lost a lot on pay-per-view prior to that, but he's owed a, he's owed a pay-per-view loss. And Eddie Kingston is as perfect of a person to hand him that loss. So I would hope Kingston wins here, regardless of what the story is coming out of it. Face of the Revolution ladder match for a future AEW TNT Championship opportunity. Um, we know five of the six officially so far. We're getting a qualifier on Friday on Rampage with Christian Cage and Ethan Page. I heard rumors of a seven-person match, not six. That'll be six. Maybe they have an en- a mystery entrant, so I'll gauge your opinion on that. But so far, we know either Cage or Page. I don't think either one's winning anyway. Uh, Wardlow, Ricky Starks, Orange Cassidy, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Keith Lee. Now... Your thoughts on who wins and who's the mystery person? Because I'm going with, I think Wardlow's going to win. I would give it to Keith and have him win the fucking title, but I don't think they're going to go all the way with him, at least just yet, which I feel like is a mistake, but whatever. They're telling a story with Wardlow and the whole TNT title thing. Maybe he lays down or something as MJF tells him to. I don't know, but I think Wardlow wins and um, the mystery opponent, I'm going to say Swerve. I think Swerve is going to come in. Maybe Cesaro. Cesaro would be cool. I don't think either one needs to come in the match necessarily, but since we already have Keith Lee, but I could see it being, uh, I could see it being Swerve though, and maybe Cesaro just for the pop. But so, what are your thoughts on the match? Who wins and who's the mystery opponent? If there is indeed a mystery entrant in this match, I mean the way they're making it seem, like I said, I said it a little bit early on. It's I feel like it has to be Wardlow or Boss at this point. I mean they're fucking. He's all over the show. He's been promoted as like this big up and comer. Like you said, he can keep the story going. Maybe has a title shot. Spears screws him, and then can kind of continue the kind of continue the heat with him and MJF. Um, but I mean, I think Keith Lee realistically should be the one that winning. You bring him in, you kind of got to put him over, make him seem like a bigger deal than he is. And if you have him lose here, it's like then what? So I, I would have Keith Lee win, but I think it's going to be Wardlow just the way that the story's going. Mystery guy. I hope there's not one. I mean, there's already too many guys in this match. Six guys in a ladder match alone is just too much. So I, I wouldn't have one. I guess if I had to guess, I, I, I'd probably say maybe Jeff Hardy, but I, I don't want anyone in there. Yeah, Jeff Hardy would be fine. I think his contract non-compete isn't up until next week, so I don't know if it would be him technically. But, yeah, I could, you know, if they could work something, he's a possibility as well. But, you know, I agree. Um Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, AEW Women's World Championship. I would have said Rosa a month or two ago, but the feud hasn't been hot enough to warrant doing a title change. If she, I'm happy either way. I want Baker to win. She's my pick. Especially after getting pinned on Dynamite. That tells me, okay, I think Rosa's going to win. Or, I'm sorry, that tells me that Baker's going to retain. I'd be happy if Rosa won. I would wait off on it a little bit. The feud just isn't hot enough right now to do it. I would have done a four-way also involving Hayter and uh, Martina, Martinez, but they just didn't do that for whatever reason. I feel like that would have made more sense. But, uh, yeah, I think Baker retains here to keep Rosa in chase mode. Maybe Rosa wins it on TV between now and Double or Nothing or at Double or Nothing, but I just don't think now is the time. So I think Baker retains. Yeah, I mean, after she lost clean last night, I, I kind of agree with you more. I feel like Britt will win. Um, 
it would kind of feel kind of random. Like I said, they, they, they built the feud up from over a year, but, like, it's kind of cooled off. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I could see Thunder Rosa winning, though. I mean, I feel like there's going to be a lot of shenanigans with people getting involved, but I'll say Britt retains, um, but I wouldn't be overly shocked if Thunder Rosa won either. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, I wouldn't be overly shocked if Rosa won either, but I'm going to go with Baker, too. I just feel like... I don't know. That that finish on Wednesday really just cemented my yeah. original thought that Baker's going to retain. Uh, CM Punk MJF dog collar match. Um, I'm looking forward to this one. The build's been fantastic. I think Punk's going to win after what we saw last night, or I thought he was, but you know what? I'm going to stick with my gun. You know what? I think there's a very good chance and likely Punk will win. I'm going to stick what I've been saying for a while now. I will be dead wrong with egg in my face next week. But MJF, I'm going to go with him to win. Fuck it. I think he should. I, I think he should go 2-0 against Punk. I don't think he will, but I think he should. And especially if he's going to win the world title a double, a double or nothing. I mean, he could lose here and then go on to win the world title anyway. But I, I think he'll, he'll probably lose here. But I'm going to go with a bold prediction and say MJF wins, despite what we saw on Wednesday. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I just feel like if you have him lose and then you have Punk win, then you got to do another match and then... I mean, I guess MJF could win at the end, but I don't know. I, I think you have to just put him all the way over at this point. I, I would have him win here, keep MJF's momentum going. I would have him face Paige at, at, at double or nothing to win the belt there. But, I mean, if they have Punk win, they'll probably do another rematch maybe on TV. But, I mean, MJF would have to win. At that point, just give him the two wins, move on. Um, but, yeah, I'm going, with, I'm going with MJF as well. I mean, Punk, like you said, seemingly the way they booked it, he he. I mean, booking one-on-one, he would win, but I think they should double down on MGF and have him win. I mean, he's the most over non-WWE guy they got. They, he's on the show every week, best segment every week. I would push him to the moon at this point. Yeah, I'm fine with Punk winning. I think it makes sense, but I think MGF winning would be a swerve, and uh, you can kind of capitalize off that and, then, you know, like you said, put him in the title picture from that point forward. So I would do the same thing. Main event, Hangman Adam Page, Adam Cole, the two Adams. Not battling for the namesake, but for the AEW World Championship. Uh, we just said Adam Page should be facing MJF at uh, the next pay-per-view, a double or nothing. And I think this was already confirmed to be the main event, thankfully, as it should be. Not, I mean, Punk and MJF is a bigger match. This hasn't been built up as well. It only started a few weeks ago. But I'm still looking forward to it. It should be a great match. Adam Cole's undefeated. It makes sense. I'm sure the Red Dragon Bucks bullshit will play into it somehow. Which is fine. I'm, I'm expecting that. I don't know if Omega comes back or not, but... Hopefully not too much, and this doesn't get watered down with interference. But I think Adam Page retains the AEW World Championship. And like you said, we get uh, Page and MGF a double or nothing, and maybe Cole versus Omega, if not a six-man with Red Dragon in the box. Yeah, I mean, I love Page. I feel like his booking's been pretty suspect since winning the belt. I mean, the Bryan stuff was good, but it just never seemed like the focal point. I mean, MGF and Punk, I feel like, has been the main thing going on in the show. I like Cole... The whole Bucks and Red Dragon drama bullshit, I'm, I mean, I just don't care about that. I think he's been good. Still not forgetting the fact he lost the pockets. Yeah, have that page one here. Like I said, maybe do something with the Bucks and Red Dragon, Kenny at double or nothing, but him winning the belt here, I just don't see it. Yeah, no, I don't see him winning the belt here. I don't think he should either. Maybe at some point down the road, but I don't think now is the time to pull the trigger, so I think we can both agree on Adam Page retaining the AEW World Championship here. 
And that's it for AEW Revolution on Sunday, Mr. Marceau. I look forward to breaking it down with you next week right here on the show. New episodes every single Thursday. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music, and Pandora. Also on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show for new episodes every single Thursday. God, I sound like fucking Excalibur running down the whole shit there in two seconds. Um, but we'll be back next week breaking it all down. I look forward to it, Mr. Marceau. Hopefully, uh, looking forward to seeing you as well on St. Patrick's Day. That does fall on a Thursday, so if I see you that day, we might have to do a live podcast or something. I don't know. We'll have to work something out. Yeah, we'll have to work something out. Maybe we have to work something out of the Marceau compound. Time will tell. But in the meantime, Mr. Marceau, have a great one. I'll talk to you next week. See you later, man.